0: Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. MSCI has been tracking and reporting on the gender diversity of corporate boards since 2009, and in Women on Boards Progress Report 2022, 38% of constituents of the MSCI ACWI Index had at least 30% of board seats held by women, a milestone that many investors, regulators, and other stakeholders have long advocated for. However, the 30 percent board gender diversity target may soon become less prominent in some developed markets. While joining us on the phone today is Miranda Carr, who's the executive director, global head of applied ESG and climate research at MSCI. Miranda, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks very much for the invitation. Thank you for joining us. So, you know, with at least 30% of board seats held by women in your latest report, why is this a milestone for investors, regulators and other stakeholders?
1: So, the thing about 30%, it's not a fixed number, Mm -hmm. and importantly, it's not a floor. Um, It's meant to be, uh, it's ideally a floor rather than a ceiling. Mm. But the 30% is considered to be the level where representation on the board starts to have a genuine impact, Mm. and actually represent, you know, proper diversity, rather than just being a token gesture, where you may have sort of one woman sitting on the board and no one else.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because... To get to this number mm. um, of women on the board means there has to be a large enough pool of women with sufficient company experience, right. both you know, in the company itself, but also sort of externally, whether they're entrepreneurs or from the public sector, mm-hmm. to actually make a contribution to the business, make a real contribution. Mm-hmm. And it's that getting that sort of large pool of female talent with sufficient experience, sufficient company knowledge mm-hmm. at the top level. And getting to that sort of 30% means that there's there's a big enough pool, there's a big enough talent pool mm-hmm. that they're actually it's it's making a real change.
0: Okay, okay. And in the study, what key findings were there about Singapore? Where does Singapore stand compared to other countries?
1: Well, Singapore numbers are actually improving. You've seen a rise in the percentage of women um, up from 14% Mm -hmm. in 2018 to over 20% now. So Singapore is definitely getting stronger. Um, But it's only just in line with a lot of other countries um, in Asia, such Mm -hmm. as Thailand and the Philippines. It's ahead of other markets, such as Hong Kong, mainland Mm. China, which is around 15%. But interestingly, it's not as good as Malaysia, hmm. um, where they currently have, they've now just put in place regulation for 30% female representation on boards for mm-hmm. all of their companies. Um, and currently their their large cap percentage is, is about 32%. So you've actually got a very strong representation in Malaysia, which shows what can be achieved. Um, you know, that's already happened in a lot of the European and American markets where you've got over 30%, and Mm -hmm. as you were saying earlier, aiming for 40% now, because the 30% has basically been achieved Mm. in in a lot of the European-American markets already.
0: Okay, Okay, so what does this say about Singapore's gender diversity?
1: Well, Singapore compares quite well to quite a lot of other countries mm-hmm. in the Asian region. Um, but the thing is, we're seeing quite a few markets introducing new regulations mm. in order to promote more diversity in the boardroom and also in companies senior management overall. And so, in some ways, Singapore has to keep improving its gender diversity to stay ahead of the sort of the regional peer group.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: interestingly, so so you have Singapore's Council for Board Diversity set a target of 25% Mm -hmm. by the end of 2025. So we've only got a few more years to get from 20% to 25, Mm -hmm. and then 30% by the end of 2030. But there's no mandatory requirement. This is all about sort of wanting to um, encourage boards to do it voluntarily, disclosing, promoting targets, plans, and timelines, which is in line with what the Singapore um, stock exchange regulations are. Mm-hmm. So it's not forcing companies, but it's it's promoting the 30 by 30
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, target in order to you know make sure it, it's up there with the rest of the rest of the developed,
0: developed markets. I mean, although uh, female representation in leadership ranks, it is increasing, but globally it's it's still at a stage where it's not ideal. And one silver lining, though, is that women seem to be, they're more likely to be chosen to uh, head the sustainability portfolios of companies than men are. So how does gender fit into ESG issues? Well,
1: interesting, so gender fits into ESG issues for if you're looking at both sort of overall corporate governance Mm. and also things like human capital management that's Mm. where it makes the biggest difference because if if you think of the corporate governance side what that tells you about the company is that that there's a acceptance of diversity at a senior level Mm -hmm. and also I think that, that one of the Research shows it's encouraging a range of different viewpoints mm. and trying to avoid what sort of companies succumbing to what they think of you know the group think where every everyone's just agreeing with the chief executive because mm-hmm. they all they all think exactly the same. Mm. So promoting that sort of alternative point of view for strategic decision making mm. and also being a bit more representative of the society and the environment in which they operate that can be particularly important for, I mean, as you say, sort of if you're doing sustainability investment, but also in some other key sectors such as healthcare Mm -hmm. and or or sort of media, where you want a company which is representative of the people it's, it's dealing with. It's not a it's not seen as being separate.
2: Mm,
1: okay, um, yeah. yes. I mean, I, mean, I mean, there's another one sort of on the sort of side of human capital development. Mm-hmm. You're also sort of wanting companies to... I mean, we, we looked at the companies that perform well on human capital development. Mm-hmm. So that's things like if they're promoting their... If they're promoting their employees mm-hmm. and promoting education, development, and a strong work culture,
2: mm-hmm. we
1: found in in the Asia region in particular, there was quite a strong um, relationship between companies that had good scores on board diversity, mm-hmm. but also good scores on human capital management. Mm-hmm. So, if, if they're paying attention to you know their employees and their workforce as a whole, um, and and promoting promoting that, then that's obviously. You know, from our point of view, looking at sort of their ESG characteristics, mm-hmm. then that's a, that's a very positive
0: element. But overall, though, why why is it important to note this type of gender diversity? And why does gender diversity matter to investors?
1: Well, as well as sort of the avoiding group think and sort of promoting a bit of sort of alternative thinking, it also, what that shows is promoting and recruiting individuals based on their achievements and their experience. And and not their gender and so in theory that should promote a stronger working environment mm-hmm. and show that they are using their employees to their to their full potential um, and also, the I mean, a key thing, and this is very difficult to gauge, but it's whether they can avoid becoming a more destructive corporate culture. Because if some, if you, if you have a culture where people mm-hmm. see that there's discrimination or favouritism, right. that that can become incredibly difficult to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so, if companies are looking for sort of long-term sustainable growth, then mm-hmm. you don't want that kind of. Bad human capital development or sort of bad workforce culture developing, and that's one of the things that um, I think you know investors are increasingly looking for. It's it's how the management of the company works overall. Mm-hmm. It's not just sort of you know a hundred percent focused on the bottom line.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, then how can investors then also in turn encourage companies to increase gender diversity in their leadership and workforce?
1: what we're seeing now is that investors they're increasingly aware of the Business benefits mm-hmm. of the diversity in the workplace, so the, and that's at a, both a board level and a and a company level. So what we are seeing is they're they're engaging with companies a lot more on this issue, mm-hmm. and so when they're when they're sort of going to talk to the talk to the company's management, they'll be saying, "Okay, hang on, you, you're you're lagging in this one. Like maybe there's no women on the board at
2: all, mm-hmm. or
1: there might be a high gender pay gap, which right. would be you know quite divisive." Or they may be sort of limited workforce representation um, and encouraging them to change their practices. And so we're seeing a lot more interest in some of those issues from our sort of investor client base because it could and then they can go and sort of question the companies and say, look, really you could, be doing, you could be doing better on these issues and mm-hmm. it's becoming quite a big issue.
0: Okay, okay. You know, how then can investors evaluate a company's commitment to gender diversity and inclusion during their investment process?
1: Well, the first one, I mean, there's quite a few different metrics that you can use. Okay. And the first one and the easiest is obviously the board representation. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very easy to say, mm-hmm. okay, this is whether they've got diversity or not. On a you know for females or or racial diversity you know the, the whole range, and that sort of the and then you can look at things like the length of service, whether and also whether they have senior positions in the company. So it's not just whether they're sitting there as a non-executive director, but are they CEO, chairman, CFO? Do they hold like some of these big um, big positions on the board rather mm-hmm. than um, just being just being there as a as a director? Okay. But the, the next set of metrics is also quite interesting. Things like the number of women in senior management. So mm-hmm. not just board level, but do you actually have a pool of women that you're promoting below that? Mm-hmm. And whether there's that you know, pay gap and also the number of women in the workforce. The trouble is a lot of the companies don't disclose this. There's no requirement, okay. you know, board board metrics you have to disclose. The other ones are, are more voluntary. Mm-hmm. And so it tends to be the companies that do quite well on those issues who mm-hmm. disclose them. And the companies that are doing badly on those issues don't. Mm. So sometimes it's quite difficult to track mm-hmm. and find out which companies are good and which companies are bad.
0: Okay, okay. So what are some of the potential long-term benefits of investing in companies with, you know, stronger gender diversity policies and practices?
1: Well, there's no direct evidence. I mean, there's, there's people have tried to find a you know, direct relationship between mm-hmm. diversity on the board and and financial performance. But instead, it's more about the whole sort of business development, the company management. Are they paying attention to their mm-hmm. workforce? Do they have good um, you know, in, um, employment relations? And are they sort of taking into account diversity of thought at a group level? And I think even if you can't ascribe that directly to this is going to add 5% to your return, it's about looking at the whole management structure of the company and how they're managing their business over the long term, mm-hmm. and I think that's what investors are really uh, concentrating on now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so that's where where the where the strong diversity policies and practices are are really sort of being
0: paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, what are some of the challenges that remain in promoting gender diversity?
1: Well, in some cases, it's just the fact of time um, mm-hmm. is 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 a challenge because a lot of these policies, particularly um, in in the Asian region, are quite new in mm-hmm. terms of regulations about board diversity or, or things like the g- gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. And so the one of the issues with women's senior management and on the board level is if there's insufficient role model for women to follow Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're sitting lower down on the corporate pecking order Mm -hmm. and you don't see any women in leadership roles in your company then you think well that's not you know that's not an option for me you don't you know aspire to necessarily rise to the rise to the senior levels if you don't see other people like yourself there.
2: Mm-hmm. so
1: in some cases it's it's a little bit of time. you know what we've seen in other markets is that once female representation starts to become the norm
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you get to things like thirty percent board representation that you've seen in the in the European markets, then it becomes less of an issue and and the barriers slowly come down. Because it, instead of being seen as a challenge, it's just the, you know, the barriers have been broken down. And women mm-hmm. are going, OK, I, I can aim to the top. I don't need to stop where I am now. And, mm-hmm. and that creates a diversity in
0: itself. Oh, OK, well, thank you so much for that, Miranda. Thank you. No, very good to speak to you. Very good to speak to you, too. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you. We've been speaking with Miranda Carr, who's the Executive Director, Global Head of Applied ESG and Climate Research at MSCI. Stay with MoneyFM 89.3.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.